Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my ministry friends. I am so honored that you would take time to listen to this podcast, and I'm pretty excited again about what God has laid on my heart to share with you. I know I've been doing a lot of individual episodes lately, but just felt like this is what God wanted me to do. And if you know anything about me, I try to just follow simply and carefully what my father tells me to lead and to do. And so this episode is some reflections I've been having been trying to get out and walk in the mornings and spend time with the Lord. And sometimes I listen to podcasts. Sometimes I listen to just worship music and God's been speaking a lot to my heart in this season. And as I continue to do my best to, to lead and to guide and to influence. And as God has called me to shepherd shepherds and pastor pastors, um, I want to help and encourage you guys uh, as you're on the front lines doing things. And as this is a Monday morning, when I record these episodes, sometimes, sometimes I do them at different times, but today happens to be um, Monday, August 30th of 2021. I just felt led to share some things from my good friend, Jim Weidman. Um, He's been my coach and mentor, and now a very, very good friend, someone I value and cherish uh, his advice. And he spent a lot of time pouring into my life and encouraging me to be a coach. And that's why KMC coaching came around. And if you are a leader in ministry and you're looking to grow, one of the best investments you can ever make is in yourself. And that's not just going to a conference or reading another book or buying some courses. It's getting someone to walk with you and uh, listen and so that you can be heard and known but also to challenge you, to push you, to encourage you, to uh, rebuke you on occasions, um, and to challenge you to become a better leader. And I know that's what Jim's programs have done for me over the years, uh, and it was worth every penny I've ever invested in him. I've gotten in multiple return from him. And uh, I hope that I can offer that same value through KMC Coaching. So if you're interested and would like to know more about the coaching programs that I offer. Um, I think they're pretty cool journeys. They're all custom made, all individually set um, according to what you need and where you want to grow. There's nothing additional to buy. I do work with a variety of budgets um, to make it as affordable as I can uh, to help you grow. And uh, trust me, uh, all of the, the leaders that have invested in themselves have grown. And I've just recently taken on three more uh, coaching uh, leaders. And uh, I'm looking forward to taking on a couple more, but I don't have a lot of margin left to to take more on. So if you're interested, do not wait, go to kmccoach.net, check it out. One of the things that I've been thinking about, and one of the things that God put on my heart this morning was the the parable of the talents, Um, thinking about what we have you know, I don't know if you've, you know, studied this passage much, but let me, let me just read it real quick. Um, if you don't mind allowing me to read just a little, 
from scripture, but I hope um, these are words in red. These are coming from our Savior, and I think they're they're really important. So in Matthew 25, Jesus is speaking this parable, and he says, again, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another, two talents, and to, to another, one talent, according to each to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and laid his master's money in it. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five talents. See that I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came and said, master, you've entrusted me with two talents. See that I've gained you two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then the man with the, that received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew you were a hard man and harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what I have that belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you know, you knew that I have harvested where I have not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed? Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who had the five, the, the ten, excuse me. For everyone who is given will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him and throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whew. It's a hard story. It's a challenging story. And when you think about it, consider those, those three people, those three, we'll call them leaders. Each one of them was given something of value and how they steward it mattered. Think about that. The one with the five, he went right out and did it. Now, again, I should go back to the earlier section where it says that he was given according, you know, the, the leader gave accordingly. He saw something in these, these men that obviously we need Jesus noted. Because <laughs> it says, you know, that he entrusted his property to them and he gave according to each his ability. You know, sometimes we as leaders, if we don't invest in ourselves and if we don't grow, 
and develop. If we sit on cruise control and just say, well, I've got skills, I've got abilities, I know how to do ministry, I know how to organize, I know how to do task lists, I know how to get, you know, schedule volunteers, I know how to plug and play things. What do I need more talent for? What do I need to grow for? What, what more do I need? But you see, I really believe the principle is solid and, and clear here. That if, if you expect God to give you more, if you want God to bless your influence with your senior leadership, with your community, so that you can lead more and reach more for the kingdom of God, which should be our goal. That was what our mission was to do, is to go out and make disciples, not just keep the sheep in the pen. Far too many of us are content. Well, not even content anymore. Right now, we're just trying to get the sheep back in the pen because they've wandered everywhere. Some of them haven't returned. But let me tell you, be faithful with what you have, even if it's just a little. You may say, well, I don't have much to offer my God. But remember, this is the God who took a Lunchable and made a buffet. <laughs> he took that little boy's lunch and he fed over 5,000 people. God can take the little talent, <laughs> the little things you have to offer him and make them big. But you have to invest and you have to Structure yourself and your ministry in a way that invests in the resources God has given you. Take what you have. Don't wish for something you don't have. Take what you have and invest it. Steward it. So I want to think about this morning, this idea of how, do, how am I structuring myself to invest in the kingdom of God? How do, I, how do I invest the talents that I have? It doesn't matter how much. Everybody has something. So we're going to start there. You have something. Now, how do you structure yourself so that you can invest it the right way so that when the return is called, you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Not even just that, but in this lifetime, you begin to experience God's abundance and blessing because he sees your faithfulness and he continues to give you more. See, sometimes the reason why we don't have more is because we're not ready to receive it. We're not prepared for it. One of the things that we do in our coaching program is we talk about knowing our numbers and we, we build our teams. You know, we follow the Jesus principle. We've taught this for years. Um, it's, it's out there. Lots of people are teaching it 12, three, one. Um, and you know, that Jesus recruited 12, he poured into three, he truly invested in deeper into one. And that as leaders, we want to find that we want to scale that to wherever size of ministry we are so that we have people that can do what we do, have a passion for what we do. And that's part of this investment, taking the investment and begin by just building into those around you. Because again, if you're going to experience harvest, you got to start with the soil around you. You've got to till it. You've got to turn it over. 
You've got to, you've got to work on it. You've got to fertilize it. You got to water it. You got to take the pull, the weeds, you got to get rid of the rocks. I grew up in a farming community and uh, one of the things that our FFA teacher, future farmers of America teacher taught us in school as he had us go out into our field, our, our school had a field right next to it. And that's where we learned agriculture. And we learned that, you know, farmers had to go out and, and, when we turned the soil, then you had to walk the field and pull out the big rocks. And so we had people pulling a wagon on, you know, with a tractor and a bunch of us walked behind and we picked up rocks and threw them on the wagon. We cleared it out. We cleared out the junk so that we could get ready and get that soil prepared. Well, part of that preparing the soil is you need to build your team around you. You need to get a couple people, even if it's only one other person that can walk beside you, that you can invest in, that you can structure the ministry in their heart so that they can invest too. But you also have to start with your heart. I think structuring yourself begins with you and how you are pouring into yourself and allowing God's spirit to pour into you. How deep do you know your father in heaven? Have you spent that time with him beyond study for the lesson that you're going to teach next weekend? Are you taking time to rest and to restore and to renew? So many leaders haven't. I've walked so many people through the Restoring Leaders four weeks to restoration class, which will there be some more coming. Uh, be watching the Restoring Leaders page. Um, or be watching the KMC Facebook group. Um, I'm going to be releasing some dates here in the next few days for the next cla online classes, as well as some upcoming in-person retreats. Maybe you're desperate enough that you're so dry and worn out, you need four days to unplug and focus on your heart. Well, I would encourage you to consider that Restoring Leaders Retreat. You need it more than you know. Sometimes even when you don't feel like you need it, that's when you need it because why, why wait till there's fire to have water close by to put it out? Why wait till you even smell the smoke? It's better to prevent it than see it happen. So you got to structure your spiritual life. When you're given something, you need to structure and, and plan, make, have a plan. And obviously that, that first person, he got the five. It says that he went right out. And, and invested it. He went right out and, and, and did something with it. And you see, that means that he put his money to work. That means we have to put our hearts to work and we have to protect ourselves and we have to invest in ourselves and invest in a couple others, disciple them and encourage them and grow them. Also means, how are you taking care of your family? Your first ministry. If you don't take care of your ministry, family, your own family first, you're not going to be able to take care of anybody else. They're your Jerusalem. Some of us are so worried about Judea and the Samaria and the other most parts of the earth that we forget that our Jerusalem, is the walls are crumbling. Be careful. Some of us are fo so focused on task management, we forget to minister to people and we don't structure our time so that we can have margin to minister to people. Some of us need to work on having just a hobby and an outlet so that we can keep ourselves healthy and have something other than ministry to think about. Some of us need community. 
We need to invest more in, in others around us, finding other ministry leaders in our community or in our county that we could meet with on a periodic basis just to, to encourage each other. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my friends back in Pennsylvania, uh, the Engage Children's Ministry Network. Um, that network kept me going through some deep, dark waters uh, for many years. And uh, I love the community we had every month getting together at a restaurant and sharing and growing and idea swapping and eventually even starting a conference and, and pouring into other ministry leaders because we knew how important it was. Having community is a powerful thing. And if you're missing that, that's part of why your investment isn't paying back big dividends. So are you growing and are you investing? Do you have a plan to invest and to structure yourself for growth? Now, as we think about that, then let's look at the ministry stuff. And like I said, I already started with the 1231 principle, but how are you feeding your team? What's your plan? How can you feed them this year? Now, that means just one thing a month that you could focus on. It doesn't have to be an intensive plan. I'm not looking to wear you out or, or burden you. Trust me. If you're running an unsustainable health pace, uh, that's not healthy. I'm, in, I'm into the business, the ministry of helping leaders find a healthy, sustainable pace. But part of that pace is learning how to have a rhythm that you feed your leaders. You let them know that they are more valuable to you than anything that they do for you. So that means we have to care for them. We have to oversee them. Sometimes we need to release some leaders and give them a break. Give them a Sabbath, a sabbatical. That's part of investing wisely, is knowing when to rest. Again, one of the things our agriculture teacher taught us is that really it follows a biblical principle that every seven years you should let a field rest for a season. Why? Because it grows stronger when you come back from that. And yet so many leaders don't think about the time that they need and for themselves, and then they don't want to give anybody else a break. Can I encourage you to think about a, a sabbatical plan for some of your leaders that have been serving for a long time? Say, but Tom, if I do that, I don't have any leaders to help. Well, who's the God of provision? Who is the provider? <laughs> God is. So be an example of that. You take breaks, you rest, and then give others a break. Let others rest. Let me give you a couple of quick things that I think will help you be a better investor in the talents and, this, and what God has given you. I want to challenge you to be somebody worth following. Are you somebody worth following? You know, if you're cynical towards families, volunteers, guess what? It comes out. People notice it. They feel it. And maybe that's sometimes why people don't want to volunteer for you. Because you're not somebody worth following. Now, that seems harsh. But a little self-examination. I will tell you, when I was not healthy spiritually, 
emotionally, I wasn't somebody worth following. And there was a season of ministry that I lost volunteers and I couldn't figure out why until my coach pointed out that I just wasn't healthy. And he was sharing some challenging thoughts and God, the Holy Spirit pointed it out to me that I needed to get my act together. I wasn't, I was hiding my gift, my talents. So I want to encourage you to set an example for what you want others to do. Be the example. Share what God is doing in your life and be excited about it. Share the vision and the mission that God has put on your heart with your team and get them to rally around it. Listen to them. Ask questions of them. You know, another thing that you can do is is take some steps to learn how to get the right things done. It doesn't mean that all your task list, your to-do list, is worthy of getting it done. We need to evaluate, are there things that we can delegate? Because you should focus on the things only you can do and give away the rest so that the others can use their talents for the right things. But do you have the right tools in hand? Do you understand a battle plan of what has to be done? You know, I was always amazed. Again, I'm going to use the agriculture teacher as, a, as an example. He was brilliant at saying, here's the cycle that you have to go through to have a great harvest. Step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, do this. And you know what? God orders our steps. Scripture tells us that. We commit our ways to him and he orders the steps. So when we say, God, I want to take this talent you've given me and, and I want to invest it, would you order my steps? Is this, is this the plan you have for me? Is this the best we can do? You know, sometimes we just plan and we organize our calendars without ever really praying over them and asking God, is this the best that we can do? Is this all that you want us to do? And then sometimes we feel overwhelmed because we haven't done enough planning. I know that used to get me in trouble a long time ago. I was a big rock thinker and not a little rock thinker. But you know what? You've heard this saying before, how do you need to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Well, take your big things and break them down into smaller steps, more bite-sized pieces. And then again, evaluate them and then delegate them, and then do what only you can do best. Invest your talents in the right spots, and you will grow as a leader in the right way. Another thing real quick is to communicate well. Make sure that you're not the only one who knows the plan. Nothing is worse than when you get into battle and only one person knows what's going on. You have to have somebody else there that knows the plan that can communicate it as well. And if you struggle with communication, get someone to help you with this. Get someone to help you write emails or make a quick video. It doesn't take much to grab a camera and stand in front of it and say, hey, team, here's what we're doing this week. Here's the plan. And send it out to your team. Doesn't have to be fancy. Doesn't have to have a lot of production. Doesn't have to look, you know, you don't have to have tons of graphics. (laughs) Just make a simple recording or a quick text message. One, two, three, here's our, here's our plan so that everybody shows up ready to go. 
do you show up before everybody else with your plan ready to invest in the day? If you don't, what kind of return will you get? See, some of us, and maybe you're like me, used to, you know, I used to struggle with this. I would go Mach 3 with my hair on fire. I had the plan in my head. I never put it down on paper. And then people wondered, what is Tom doing? And I frustrated my team. And then I finally repented of that and got myself together. And, and I found somebody who could who, who loved the little rocks. And I, I would give them big rocks. They would break it down. And then we would write down a little communication plan. And they would share it. I would share it. And everybody was so much happier. And my team grew and expanded. God blessed the faithfulness. And we doubled in size. It was awesome. And it also forced me to grow even more as a leader. You know, the last thing I want to remind you of is to look for the best. Look for the best. We sometimes assume the worst. Sometimes we get cynical. Sometimes we get a little jaded. Sometimes we get frustrated. And it comes out when we're tired, when we're, when we're feeling stressed, when we're, our emotions get the worst of us, <laughs> not really the best of us. And then we get afraid. And we let fear overcome us. And so we bury what God has given to us. I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, look for God's best. Look around you and consider people that maybe you've never considered before that could serve God. Because the best is not the flashy, the bright, the shining, the popular. Sometimes the best is the quiet, the shy, the reserved the one that goes kind of unnoticed, the behind the scenes. And you know what? When we assume the best, oftentimes that's the way it works. Most of what we worry about never happens. So why worry about it? Why waste energy on it when you could assume the best? Because that's what God desires. He says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. I don't know about you, but I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Come enjoy your master's happiness. I want to know that what I have, God is saying, I want to put you in charge of more because I found you faithful. Not so that people know Tom Bump. I, I don't want to, I don't care about that. I just want to help more leaders. I know there's a lot of you out there that are stuck for carrying heavy loads that just need someone to walk beside them and say, hey, I, I, I get it. I understand. I've been there. I've, I've been a mess. I've had piles, not files. And I, I, I broke out in highs with to-do lists and my leaders thought I was disorganized, but all that changed for me when I got a coach and I, I, got, I got pushed to pursue the best, to invest in myself and to invest in the kingdom. And, and that's why I do what I do but I don't do it so that people will invite me to speak at conferences and I can be on stages and I can make bigger and more and make lots of money. I don't, I don't do it for any of that. I do it because I care about you, my friends. And, and, and I want, I want to be that person that I searched for. And when it comes to restoring leaders and helping ministry leaders that are hurting and broken, who need a break, you need a place to exhale. That's why restoringleaders.org is here. 
because we want to help you. We want you to, to, to journey with someone instead of walking alone. Maybe you're sitting there going, Tom, I have no community. Well, reach out. Reach out. Join one of the online connection groups that's coming up, the four weeks of restoration group, where you can meet some other people who are feeling the same way and go, I'm not alone. Elijah thought he was alone. And God said, hey, I've protected lots more around you. You're not alone. I'm with you. And I will always be with you. So my friends, what are you doing with what God has given you? What are you pursuing today? My hope is, is that when you're done with this podcast, here's what you'll do. You'll sit down and take stock in where you are. Do you want to grow? Or do you want to stay the same? If you don't make any choices today to pursue something bigger and better, then what are you going to get tomorrow? If you keep struggling the way you're struggling, what will be different tomorrow? But if you take a step to say, hey, I'd like to know more about coaching or, hey, I want to go find a coach and go find somebody else. It doesn't have to even be me. I don't care. Just get some help. Get somebody to walk with you. It's worth it. But I'd like you to make a plan of what, who are you going to invest in? Who are you going to take the gift that God gave you, a talent that God gave you, and put it into somebody else as an investment so that you can see a harvest, that you can have a return on that investment? So that not only will you hear, well done, good and faithful servant, come enjoy your master's happiness, but so will they. Because that is our mission. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. Again, if you need coaching, you want to learn about structures and growth and mindset and, and how to, to move from messiness to, to organization and, and process to people and people to process, hey, check out kmccoach.net. Hit the button that says, I want to schedule an info call and we'll talk and I'll explain the process. I'll explain what it costs. I'll explain the time involved. And I'll ask you lots of questions so I can learn more about who you are and where you want to go. Or maybe you're hurting and maybe you're burned out or you're almost there and you know it. You haven't taken any significant time for yourself to rest and renew. Four days, people. Or join the online group if you don't want to travel right now. They're coming soon. Check out restoringleaders.org. Or if you need anything, just look at tombump.com. You can find everything I'm doing right there. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Join me again for another episode of the KMC real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders, and if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. 
And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.